My name is Brendan and I'm a UWA student studying a Masters in Chemical Engineering. And I'm also a member of the Lawrence Wilson Art Gallery Student Advisory Committee. Today I'm chatting with three UWA alumni who all studied engineering and are exhibiting their artwork in the upcoming exhibition, Perth Upmarket, on Saturday the 17th of October. I have today with me Tillon Lambert, who studied a Bachelor of Commerce and completed a Master of Professional Engineering in 2017. Um, Ruth DeVos, who completed a Bachelor of Science and Bachelor of Engineering in 2002. And Kelly Moller, who completed a Bachelor of Commerce and a Bachelor of Engineering in 2001. So I guess I'll start with you, Ruth. So you graduated from UW with engineering. How did you find your way into the art scene? Okay. I suppose it was already in childhood. I grew up in a very creative home. My mother was very creative. So we were always making things and trying things. And so when I did year 12, I took art as a to balance out all my science and maths subjects, which I've always loved science and maths. So that was a no brainer that I would do those, but the art was kind of a, something for the other side of my brain, I thought. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So I always knew that that's what I wanted to get back to when the chance came later on. So um, really the big thing for me was becoming a mother is when I turned towards to art to fill my time and it's grown into an art career from there. So, so it was about balancing, balancing your um, the 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 maths and sciences out with something more creative. Yeah, initially. More um, creative outlet. Initially, that's what I feel like. That's that got me through year eleven and twelve in a, in a healthy way, um, and I and I did really well with my art then. Um, but I went on, when I went up to uni. Of course, there was no time for for any of that. Um, so when I became a stay-at-home mum, that's when I picked it up again as something I can do at home and have loved it ever since. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, Ruth. What about you, Tillin? So, like, we've already gone over, you've done engineering. How did you make that transition into then doing art? Yeah, my, my story is probably quite similar. I uh, started art when I was about 11 or 12 and continued painting through high school and then similarly reached university and didn't have as much time or I guess funds as well to purchase art supplies. So it sort of fell to the wayside a little bit, still continued painting here and there. Um, but I found, you know, after finishing uni and getting a job, you know, you get your weekends back, you don't have to study as much. You sort of have your evenings and your mornings and I use art sort of balancing out my um, engineering career. So whenever I have some free time, I'll do a bit of painting. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I guess it's um, more so a hobby and something yeah, that I use as a leisure activity. Uh, and then there's these great events like art market that are set up that allow you to showcase your work and gather new clients. And um, yeah, so it's, I'm working at the moment as a, as a drilling engineer at, at Woodside. So it's just during my free time that I'm painting. Yeah. And finally you, Kelly, how did you, same, same question. Yeah, I think we've all got pretty similar stories uh, in that obviously we all like the creative arts and the creative outlets in our life, even from, from being young, but also um, strong and enjoyed the maths and science uh, elements. 
I didn't unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to study art in year 11 and 12 just because of the size of the high school that I was at and what timetabling allowed. But there's always been an element of art, even if it's not been the painting that I do now, I, in creative ways, there's always been making of things with your hands or um, holding events or costume making for fancy dress or whatever it is, there's always a creative element throughout, throughout life. And I don't think, even, even though I can say now, what I'm doing now is what I've always wanted to do, I don't think when I was at university, I really quite knew exactly how that looked or how I would even go about it. And I think I needed all those elements in my life to come first before I could get to where I am now. And then it's a similar story. It was after having my children that time freed up in life. So it was um, when my youngest was three, about five years ago, that the time really existed to put proper concerted effort um, into painting and getting it out there in the world. So yeah, that's where I am now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at university now. I'm at that stage that you guys are at. And I'm also not totally sure about what things are going to look like in the future for me. And I'm quite interested in, like, not so much visual art, but fiction and literary fiction and potentially trying to write, you know, once I've graduated and have more time and have that free time to fill. So it's good hearing that even if you do study engineering at university and you end up even working as an engineer, like in your case, I mean, while working as an engineer, um, that you can still pursue these other more creative interests. So I was just going to say as well, I, th yeah. I think that what you learn through the study of engineering and, and sort of spending time in that, that world, and, you know, it's a different way of thinking than if you're, you're spending time with people who are only in the creative arts, a lot of that, that thought process and the skill you build up there actually translates into perhaps how you go about your art practice later on and just how you organise that and organise your life and how you organise around your arts practice. And there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, Ruth, you seem to really agree with um, <laughs> what Kelly had to say there. Yeah, I do. I think that's probably the biggest thing I've carried over, working systematically um, I suppose that comes with a, with a maths brain a little bit, just being really organised, um, having routines, processes for everything I do, even though I'm not, you know, doing these big million dollar projects, I'm just, I'm doing my artwork, but I work very systematically. And that's allowed me to do this through, um, I've got six children at home now, and that's why I can do what I do at the same time. Uh, what would, and anyone, anyone can feel free to answer this, is uh, what, what sort of inspire is your is the inspiration behind the kind of artwork you do? I'll go first then. <laughs> um, this is Ruth. Um, um, I draw my inspiration from my own the world that I'm experiencing at the moment, and especially the natural world. So I've got two themes that I work with, and one is um, Australian flora, especially eucalyptus blossoms leaves, and I take that from all the suburban local suburban flora street on the streetscapes around me um, and then the other thing that I like to focus on is childhood and how children learn and discover and enjoy the little things in life that we as adults take for granted and that's drawn straight from watching my own children grow up and enjoy the things that I had kind of forgotten to enjoy over the time 
do, do you think your fascination with nature that's that's always been something is that is that something that stemmed from your childhood and and that potentially doing the kind of art that you do has allowed you to maintain that fascination with it yeah absolutely i mean that's why i'm a science that's why i love science that intrigue with the world and how it works and just learning more and more about the natural world and and i guess in how the systems and processes in the world how the world works and how everything fits together um yeah that that just still fascinates me endlessly so yeah yeah i agree and i, I find it that's that's what's drawn me to um studying the sciences is um my fascination with trying to understand how the the seeming rules that uh, are there in, in, a, in, other, in a chaotic chaotic world. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Care to share their inspiration? Yeah. yeah. This is Kelly. So my um, inspiration is also drawn from our natural environment and I paint a lot of native flora um, and also water um, scapes, a lot of aerial um, views of the river and the ocean, um, semi-abstracted normally. but. Uh, what it has developed into, what it really is about for me is, is your place of being amongst the world. So how you feel when you're out there um, amongst nature or looking at the water where you find that space that you can breathe or when you feel like you can just be and you're immersed in something or where there is um, something that is just popping out and standing out and, uh, you know, showing its face amongst, you know, the the sort of beautiful bushland that, that fades into the background. So I think it's just a lot for me about finding your place in the world and there, and therefore how you see it and just yeah, how you interact with the world and yeah, the natural environment and the beauty that we have around us is obviously you know, endlessly inspiring. So you're, you're more interested in how you, you relate to the natural world and then the larger world kind of yes. around you. Yeah, how you sort of feel when you're within it and how you can be in a place and you're almost just lost in that in that place and that moment and, yeah, how time sort of opens up and you can, yeah, find that breathing space and how you, how you are in, in that yeah. space. That's cool. And you would hope that when people see your art, they would, that it would sort of return them to that kind of feeling or give them some, some, some cruder image of what that um, feels like. Right. Yeah, that's that's right. So it's it's something that you can can look at and get lost in, or or just find that that little element of calm where you can take a breath and just be. Yeah, that's that's nice. Tillin, what sort of where do you draw your inspiration from for your artwork? Yeah, so similarly, I I grew up in Yelling up in the southwest Australia, so. A lot of my artworks really focused around the ocean and the time that I spent surfing and diving and that sort of thing. And similarly sort of trying to capture those emotions and feelings and the rawness and beauty of the West Australian seascape and landscape. Uh, and like what Kelly said, it's really about, I guess, the feeling that you have and the connections that we build with that landscape or seascape and, and hopefully invoking that in other people as well when they're, when they're viewing artwork, I think that's a beautiful thing about art is that it can sort of stir people's feelings and emotions and in different ways necessarily an emotion that I might have felt whilst painting 
something can be completely different to the way that someone interprets the artwork, which I think is also really interesting. Yeah, I think that's really cool in the sense that um, it's that sort of notion that the artist or the author is dead. And so all there is is like the multitude of um, interpretations that people who view the art or read the book kind of arrive at. It's probably more, more open and freeing than having the interpretation being directed by whoever it was that, um, that made the art. Well, that's what I think anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Tillon, you're doing work as an engineer now as well. Do you, how do you find the balancing act of managing your engineering work while also doing this art on the side? I mean, I suppose for you, it's almost like the art, it's, it's de-stressing and takes some of, and is it something to do that um, relieves you from the, the week at work? Would that be correct? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. At first, I kind of found that they clashed a lot. You know, I really wanted to be painting rather than working or you might finish work and you don't really feel like painting any anymore. You just can't really bring yourself to, to get in the studio and paint. But after I sort of refocused the way that I felt and more found it was a balance about getting the right amount of painting and the right amount of work in and then just letting it depend on the way that I'm feeling. Uh, I think that's sort of how I've managed it. And we touched on it earlier, I guess, having a, a good process in place. So like a functional studio space where I don't have to worry about setting up my things. I can just go, um, like for you, it might be just sitting, having a desk ready where you can sit down and write. Or for me, it's having my easel and all my paints. So I'm decreasing that amount of time. And, you know, I might have a, a day on the weekend where I'll prepare a bunch of canvases so that I know, you know, during the week, everything's ready to go. Um, or block in all the background colours. And it's it's about that systematic approach to reduce the amount of, I guess, meaningless time and more so get more creative output in your life. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's, the, it's that your, your organisational skills that you've picked up through studying and working as an engineer, um, although you wouldn't expect it then helping you to be more productive as an artist as well which is which is cool i think um and yeah. i think that something that yeah most people would not have made that kind of connection between uh, the two so again a general question to all three of you whoever feels describe uh your the, you've already talked a little bit about um your inspiration you kind of mentioned it there but maybe tell us more about your exhibits okay um, so I, my artworks are actually, technically they're quilts, but they're not bed quilts. They're, um, I, well, I call them textile paintings, I suppose. So they're made by stitching together lots of little bits of fabric, but they are pictorial. So they represent eucalyptus blossoms or children. And I'll hand dye the fabric so that I can get whatever color I'm after. That gives me an infinite color range. Um, that, yeah, the pieces are all cut. Like lots of little pieces I cut out and stitched together either by machine or by hand. And I'll often include some screen printing in the background just as an extra layer of interest. And then once all those bits are stitched together, again, I'll go over it with more stitch to just enhance the artwork. That's the basic process. 
Yeah, does that describe I was looking it? At, yeah, that's that's a good description. I was looking at some of your art on a, on your website. So is it kind of a, you have both textile and regular painting as well, sometimes combined in the one piece or, or is it Most, all textile? It's pretty much all textile. That, okay. So there is some paint added through screen print. And sometimes I have um, used some paint in the background of the artworks just because it's actually, I'm always jealous of artists who are painters because there's something so nice about the feeling of putting paint with a paintbrush, <laughs> just laying paint down, just for the process of laying paint down. Um, but mostly it is bits of fabric stitched together. Um, and people usually say when they've looked at it from a distance, no, it can't be. But when I show them up close, they kind of say, oh, okay, it is lots of bits stitched together yeah right so that's quite different I mean what what sort of made you go towards this kind of art as opposed to yeah just since you do like the feeling of putting yeah. paint on a yeah how, um, how did that how did you start doing that what, what got you started there uh, pretty much my childhood my mum sewed um ah. my parents were migrants they didn't have Bare cash, and I suppose a lot of people didn't in those days. Mum sewed all our clothes, all our. She made a beautiful home with home decor that she made herself from. I don't know. Friends would give her random scraps of fabric or outgrown clothes or um, curtain samples, and so that's that's what I grew up with. I grew up sewing next to her. So when I did my year eleven and twelve art classes, it just made sense to me to focus on textiles and yeah. I always wanted to go back to that. Yeah, that's really cool and kind of like touching. And <laughs> in that, <laughs> it's sort of paying homage to, yeah, your upbringing and what you, the the kind of legacy your your mum left behind. Uh, and those US, of us, those of us who work in textiles, I was chatting with another textile artist recently. Most people say why textiles. And those of us who are textile artists are more inclined to say, why on earth wouldn't you work in textiles if you could work in textiles? So it's just a love of textiles. So does each piece take, how long about would you say one of your pieces takes? Is it quite painstaking? It seems like a lot of work. Um, it is a lot of work. Um, I can do a small piece in a week. Uh, bigger pieces take eight weeks. And that's me working with engineer efficiency. I, I work efficiency, efficiently and, and I'm happy to work hard at it. So yeah, let's go. I love the process. Thanks. Um, Tilla, what about you? Maybe give us like a more detailed description of the kind of art you do. Yeah, so I guess my it's um, primarily seascapes and landscapes in a variety of different mediums, some acrylic paint, uh, oil paint, pastels, that sort of thing. I'd focus a lot on um, textures as well. So like building textures that build depth within the paintings. Uh, and I like to also do studies through um, and plain air painting. So I've got a little small easel and box that I'll carry out and I might go on a hike um, somewhere and just find a nice place to set up and, and capture the, the colours and the the shadows and the light of different settings and then bring them back into the studio and, and work with those. And then I guess the style of painting, whether it's more abstract or more um, fine art will be dependent on really my mood at the time. If I, like what Ruth said, if I feel like just laying paint down on the canvas and sort of 
working out frustrations. It'll be bigger, thicker brushstrokes, um, more aggressive, I guess you could say. And then sometimes if I'm feeling more detail orientated, I might sit down and really do a quite tight painting. So it's just yeah, a variety of different things. And, and how did you learn to, um, to paint and use these different techniques? Uh, so I guess my diving into art was sort of by chance, really. My parents went out when I was younger and um, organised a babysitter and she just bought around a, a basket of paints and she was a teacher at the local seniors art hall and just that's how we spent the night. And then from there, I'd go along to the seniors art classes and, and paint on a Wednesday afternoon after school. And I just continued that, I guess, through all of my schooling. And yeah, she's really who taught me to paint. She's a great artist from um, Dunsborough called Florence Clements. Cool. Another a shout out to Florence Clements for yeah. <laughs> starting off your uh, art career then. Probably worth checking her out as well. <laughs> And so you mostly do your painting and the what you said it was on the weekends or sometimes you do it after work as well. And, and are you usually looking at the subject that you're painting then? It's Yeah, so I'll do a range of, I guess, smaller paintings or life studies uh, and then also take a range of photos and then often come back to the house and, and work on those um, in either larger forms or um, just add more detail into those. Sometimes I'll just use photo references or a range of photos that, as an idea and sort of construct a, an image from that. And are you constantly sort of trying to, I don't know if you can really improve art or if that really makes sense in this kind of context, but yeah, try, how, how do you try to, yeah, I'll use the word improve or do you use other artists for inspiration? I mean, are there other kind of people who do this kind of art that you're following and you see what they're doing and try to adopt it in your work? Yeah, definitely. I think um, social media has been huge. It connects you to artists all over the world and that you can draw inspiration from. And a lot of artists that are showing, I guess, their process of how they create and how they paint that you can get ideas from and, and sort of see how they do things and then bring that into your own work as well. So definitely learning. And I guess I've toyed with the idea of going back to study art uh, formally, whether at university or, or otherwise, um, but then also looked at whether, you know, online courses that some artists offer could also be good. So potentially that's something for a more structured learning approach that I'll look at in the future. Yeah, I think definitely with the way things are at the moment, the whole um, market or business of online learning has become much more front and center and people are starting to understand how it could be a worthy alternative for traditional learning methods. So that is probably something worth pursuing then. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for telling us about more about the kind of artwork you do. Kelly, would you like to tell us now more about, about the kind of art you do? Yeah, so my work is um, largely um, acrylic paint, um, but I also sometimes use a little bit of mixed media, some pastels, oil pastels or chalk pastels over the top or some pencil or a um, bit of collage or whatever I can perhaps get my hands on at the time if I feel like just mixing it up a little bit. 
Um, so I paint onto both can stretch canvas and onto board as well, which both give sort of a, a different look and feel, both when finished product and uh, as you're working on the art. My work um, is a lot of expressive mark making, um, a lot of layers, and it's all about colour, really. Uh, you kind of end up with your own, without even realising it, you kind of end up with your own colour palette a bit when it was not not necessarily purposeful, but uh, how it's just how it comes to pass. And people look at, sometimes looking at you, say, they can say, yeah, I can see that that's your colours. And so it's just interesting how that evolves um, in your work. And it does change over time as well, but... Yeah, so it's a lot of colour, layers and uh, expressive marks really is what it, what it's about for me. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to sort of track track how your colour palette changes through the course of your life and how it could be reflective of what's going on at the time, how, how you're um, relating to it, how, you know, that sort of thing. I've been told not to ask an artist this, but just out of curiosity, what's your favourite colour? <laughs> oh, my favourite colour is blue. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> but, yeah, but, it, but in terms of when you're actually working on a piece, your favourite colour in terms of your artwork, what I find for me changes, it does change with time and it changes with the piece that you're working on. So sometimes you're working on something and you're just desperate to put a particular colour on it because it just feels right and that becomes your favorite uh, at the time but my overriding favorite is, is blue no i think that is the correct answer I, <laughs> <laughs> um so you know how i feel about that then uh, <laughs> um so obviously a lot of people listening uh, well first, first of all thanks for all of you for telling me about yeah giving me a more uh detailed description about about the kind of art you you work on a lot of other, a lot of the people listening to this uh, podcast would be, might be people in a similar situation, maybe not necessarily studying art at university, but still want that creative outlet. Starting with you, Ruth, what would you say to other people who were in your position, or who are in the position you were um, some years ago, and want to get the word out there about the kind of art they produce and, and generate, generate interest in it? Okay, I was maybe a bit unorthodox. and This was probably pre-Instagram, I suppose. I looked at all the galleries in Perth because I thought I'd like to start exhibiting my art and they all wanted a CV and all I had on my CV was Bachelor of Engineering and Bachelor of Science, which I didn't think would so much to an art gallery. So I rented a gallery space in Central TAFE that was one that I could... I had to man myself, but I had complete freedom to run my own solo exhibition. And the initial motivation with that, for that was largely so that I would have something on my CV that told people that I was serious about my artwork. That's obviously a really fairly drastic um, way to start out. Really, I would say social, in this day of social media, we have got it so good as far as sharing our artwork without having to go through the official channels of gallery um, galleries and the gatekeepers in the art world we could just share it regardless something like Perth Art Up Market is a to me that's taking it a, an, another step which I love it's a it's a curated event and I know that the people coming are going to be really interested in art which just means I'm not sending it out into the 
world wide web hoping that someone finds it it's i'm, I'm excited about this so. yeah um i couldn't agree more about how the internet is sort of decentralizing not just art but the news and and um other kind of sort of media as well the visual videos those kinds of things and so it probably is as a good a time as any for budding artists out there to well just practice their hobby more um and, and generate interest in it till and what what would uh what would you what kind of advice would you give to people who were in your position who are in your, the position you were previously sorry be patient i just don't feel like you have to get your art out into the world right now or it's never going to happen i think there's different points your life goes in, in waves where you might be producing a lot of artwork and displaying it at exhibitions and that kind of thing. And then other things like university or job or something like that takes more priority. And then you kind of come back to your artwork. So it's something I guess that you always have with you. Um, for me, I found a great way was the public exhibitions that are often put on by uh, local shires um, or um, towns. So like city of Melville, city of Claremont, Nedlands, those types of things have um, public art exhibitions that anyone can exhibit into. Uh, and then finding, I guess, other artists that are interested in doing group shows. So similar to what Bruce talked about, you might do a group show um, at higher, a small event space and do a group show together. And that can be with a range of people, whether it's like musicians or poets, that type of thing as well. Um, just to sort of broaden that network of, of people that you know. Yeah, thanks. Um, Kelly, how about yourself? Yeah, what, would, what, what advice would you give out? Similar um, position, really. It's, I, I think there's, there's personal value, or there certainly was for me, in actually getting out in a physical space. Something about actually putting it formally out on a wall somewhere that people could walk past and see that, that almost in my own mind was a step for myself of moving forward that yeah, I'm really doing this now and I'm telling the world that I'm really doing this um, in a physical sense. So for me, I had the, um, the good fortune of art class that I was attending at the time. There was a group exhibition being held at the Moores Gallery in Fremantle at Moore and Moore. So to be able to have three pieces in a public space like that, that was a group show that had a, you know, relatively sizable opening night because of the number of artists involved. Um, it's certainly... I, for, for me personally, that was sort of the, the stepping stone from, from painting and being comfortable with what I was doing to saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting serious about this now. Um, so I think it helped it just with my own mindset as well. Um, I agree with also with um, if, if, if you feel comfortable with putting work into some of the uh, local government art awards and exhibitions, because again, it's not just another great opportunity to have your work out there. And as Ruth said, you know, places do want your CV and rightly or wrongly, it's, it's nice to be able to have these things listed on there, even if it's uh, because sometimes I'm sure we'll have all have had this, your own head gets, gets in the way and you're like, oh, you know, am, am I good enough to be here? Is my, is my work okay? Is it a bit of that own sorting out your own self-validation and, you know, you shouldn't need that, but let's be honest, we all, we all probably do at times go through those, those phases. So social media has been great, but it was actually getting 
things in the public space and, and having that public reaction that then sort of made me feel comfortable about putting things out in social media and moving that forwards as well. And then it's just right. time. Time, time. And yeah. Practice. Yeah, yeah. For, for most of you at the moment, arts a side project. I think, Tillin, you'd mentioned that you were thinking about um, doing, you know, studying it further or making it more central to your life. How do you see how, how, how much of a place the art that you do will have going into your future? Do you see it changing, becoming more central, more of a hobby, or would it just, do you think you'll just keep on doing what you're doing at the moment? I yeah, I think I, I really hope that it becomes more central. Um, I'd really like to one day become a, fu a full-time artist. And I think, you know, once my life gets to that that point, a few more things, I could maybe save a little bit more money. I think a big transition point, and it's really great to see that Ruth and Kelly have, have managed this, is once I have kids, maybe um, drawing back from my engineering career and more focusing on my art. And um, my wife, I guess, will will more take over the career aspect, and I'll potentially be a stay-at-home dad and and paint. Uh, and I think that's yeah, potentially the the direction that my life might take, and that art might become more of a forefront and uh, have more time for it. So ha having kids will allow you to do more art. Potentially, I mean, I, I can't really answer that question. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a, a potential stepping stone that I see. But I guess would you'd like to think that you'd gain enough momentum in in your art that you could eventually draw away from your career. And I think with flexible working, uh, that become and job sharing and those types of things becoming more available these days. Potentially, that's something that. I'd look to do in the future is reduce the amount that I'm working down to three, four days a week and then allow a little bit more extra time for, for painting. And your, and your organizational skills are only going to improve. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, then I, what I wanted to ask is while you were starting out, were, were there, was there any kind of like trepidation or barriers that were, that you had with that was stopping you from committing to art as much as you wanted to um and so kind of what were they and and what allowed you to um overcome them um this is ruth here um i guess kelly's point really applies here and maybe i thought about it in that way specifically um putting your art in an exhibition publicly but is very validating and I think for me initially and Kelly also referred to our where our own stumbling block often where our head gets in the way I think that would have been the biggest stumbling block for me at the beginning wondering what the people in my life were going to say and think when I opened my first exhibition and they saw that it wasn't just one artwork I'd made but it was a full exhibition and then when they saw the price list and saw that I was taking this seriously um I've never felt as sick as I did the night before the exhibition opened. But I think that's our own mental, my own mental block that I had to get through. Um, I think sometimes as well, some of it is not so much of a, that it's a stumbling block, but there is a matter of, there is actually just a matter of time 
the the bulk hours that you need to put into your own your own practice your work develops and does improve over time and changes and well when you reflect back you know going into art art market now I'm, I'm super excited about the work that i'm going to be able to put on the wall and there's there is no way that that five years ago i'd be able to put that same body of work up onto the onto the wall there and sometimes even though we know that we can and that's where we want to get to we're ahead of ourselves in our brain compared to where we might be right now in our practice and we know we're going to get there and sometimes we just rush ourselves a little as well rather than be comfortable with where we are at this moment and um, enjoy that and make the most of that and know that there is more to come and be able to work towards that so I think in the early stages sometimes you see this big world out there of things that you know you can do and you probably will do but you know it's not necessarily the, the right now right thing to do and there's a path to actually to actually get there yeah so just being patient being ready but then just being just steadily still working away at it even even if you're not necessarily seeing the results in the moment that you want to um having the faith that if you keep applying yourself then um things will work out that's right it's like anything you've got to, you've got to take all the steps along the way to get to the end of the end path you can't just uh expect to jump from the start to the end and i think sometimes when we're starting out even though we know we're going to get there and we can get there um we want to hurry along and we get a bit frustrated sometimes um that we have to take all those uh, steps in between yeah i just say that if you want to do something creative that you and you're not doing it right now just go out and start just do it it doesn't it doesn't have to be your whole life just make it a part of your life and make it something that you do and and give it the time to evolve and develop because you've just got to start and just got to be doing it yeah i would have said the same thing um do something little every day if, if you want to be a visual artist, keep a sketchbook and do five minutes a day if that's all it is, but just show up every day. And writing would be similar. Show up even if it's five or 10 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's probably something I should, is, is I could start doing is writing down. Yeah, <laughs> a, a little bit every day um, and, and, and seeing how I go. And, and, and I'd have to, yeah, start out small and, and not think too much about what the end goal is as long as I'm um, making some effort at it. Well, on that note, uh, I'd just like to say to our listeners that if you'd like to check out um, the amazing work of these alumni, head to Perth Upmarket website and register for the free event at UWA on Saturday the 17th of October. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the UWA Alumni Voices and review us if you like what you've just listened to. Thank you.